Happy Friday, Spartan Nation. PIJ Manigo here. Hopefully you guys had a great week. Everything was productive and you guys accomplished some stuff. Uh, me, I started myself a little bit of a garden. Uh, I have no idea what the hell I'm doing with it. I never really planned it my entire life. But, you know, it's just something to get outside. You know, it's something different. So, you know, I'm on it. But hopefully you guys had a productive week. Spartan Dog Podcast here. Um... Obviously, this week is exciting. Um, March Madness week for Michigan State fans, probably not so much. For sports fans, great time, exciting time, especially considering what happened last year with COVID, kind of stopping the momentum and everything else like that. But um, let's get right into the show. Um, obviously, Michigan State lost yesterday, 86 to 80 to UCLA. I'm not going to sit here and read you the box, the box score, blankety blank, 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 blank. I'm not that type of person. You guys understand. I'll give you the bottom line. Michigan State was up about 14 points max in the first half. If you're a Michigan State fan, I'm sure you've seen how Michigan State looks when we're looking good. Pass, pass, shoot, make the open shot, pass, pass, shoot, make the open shot, repeat. You know, get to the rim and play good defense, get on fast breaks, you know, that kind of Michigan State. We did that for the whole first half. We really, you know, we did that for the whole first half very, very well. And then suddenly the second half came. And with this, there's a lot of different, I guess, opinions, thoughts, reasons for why, you know, we went downhill. I have my own personal one. But first, I'm going to give you the bottom line, the base Bottom line, reasoning for why we lost the game, just before we get into the actual meat of what I'm talking about here. So the bottom line reason for why we lost is Michigan State gave up a 14-point lead. We couldn't we couldn't play defense. We couldn't stop their scores, and we couldn't get any buckets. We couldn't score ourselves at all. Um, we went At one point, we went like six minutes, seven minutes without scoring a bucket. I want to put that in perspective because some people think like, well, that's not really that much. If you have a chance one day, set like a timer on your phone and watch the clock. Because six minutes, just saying it doesn't sound long, but watch how like the clock moves, like how it moves. And think about the pace of a college basketball game, how fast paced a college basketball game is. And not scoring a bucket in six minutes is pretty bad. Like you have to have a pretty bad offense to not score a basket in six minutes. So we couldn't score and we just weren't on the same page with each other at all either. You know, players were fighting each other all game. Uh, Coaches were yelling at players and stuff. So it just wasn't a good look. Everyone wasn't on the same page. And bottom line, it was just a soup sandwich of a game for Michigan State and UCLA. They stayed consistent, you know, even when it didn't look good for them, they still they they stayed and played their game. Their players were on the same page and it just wasn't any division. The coach stayed calm and collected, you know, so on and so forth, you know. Um, we ended up losing there, you know, there are two guys. Um, there was this one guy on their team. I believe his name is Jamie Jaquez Jr. I don't think you pronounce the J. I think the J is silent. Jaquez, I don't know. Let's just call him this, JJ Jr. He deserves it, whatever. JJ Jr., he put up 27 points. And then they have Johnny J, Johnny Zhuang. Johnny Zhuzang or whatever. I think it's Zhuzang. I don't want to mess his name up because they got these guys bought out and I don't want to sound ignorant. Jeez. But I think it's Johnny Zhuzang. So were their two top scorers. 
again, I'm not going to box score you their stats, but one, one dropped 23, one dropped 27. Those guys went crazy on us. That's another reason why we lost the game. So that right there is your, I guess, highlighted, billboarded reasons for why we lost the game. Now let's get into my reasons for why we lost the game. The PIJ behind the scenes. Um, the number one reason why I think we lost the game is Tom Izzo. And Michigan State fans, I know you don't like hearing it. I know it's a very sensitive topic. I know it is. I know it's a it's a it's a trigger conversation. But Tom Izzo definitely was the reason why we lost that game yesterday. And it wasn't, it wasn't, I'm not gonna say he was a terrible coach. I'm not gonna do anything like that. It was a combination of things. One, I think the Gabe Brown situation was wrong. I think the way he addressed Gabe Brown was wrong. I think that it ruined momentum for the team. I think that players were were playing on eggshells after that. I think that there was just really no need to even a, even act like that at that time. You know, um, I, I'm all behind Izzo being aggressive because, like, for me, Izzo does what I'm doing at home. Like, if Michigan State sucks, I'm yelling at my TV screen. I'm frustrated. I'm, you know, blankety blank, f you, this that, you know. I'm mad. I'm a sports fan when when we lose, whatever. We're all like that. We get it. But, you know, when we're winning, like when we're up 11 points, you know, sometimes it's funny to see. Sometimes like, ha-ha, Izzo's being Izzo again. But sometimes it's kind of just like, bro, what are you doing? Like even when it happened yesterday, I was kind of watching it, and I was like, you know, we're up 11 points right now. We have a young team who's already not confident in themselves. Like they're already not confident. I don't think there's one player on that team besides Aaron Henry and Josh Langford who was who were 1,010% confident in what they were doing on that court. That's a problem to me. Like, there wasn't confidence. And when you add on top that Tom Izzo was up these kids' ass, and when you grab a kid's jersey, chase him in the back, just kind of like in the biggest scene of a kid's life, kind of like put him out there like that, I just think it – it was bound for disaster. And I think the players didn't react to it. Well, I think most times Michigan state reacts well to it. They take it. Well, I don't think the players responded well to it. I think they were kind of getting irritated with this I think the players were getting irritated with each other. I think guys like Josh Langford were came from the Izzo tree to where they were like, they understood where Izzo was at. And guys like rocket Watts are still trying to grow on that tree. Like Josh Langford is a fully grown apple on the Tom Izzo experience tree he's a full-grown apple rocket watts is still growing on tom izzo's tree of players of that understand tom izzo and understand what he wants from you josh langford understands that and i think that's why josh langford was butting heads with rocket watts in the middle of the game but that play that all that you know arguing all that stuff comes from the top you know so i just think tom izzo was the number one reason why we lost this game I think his coaching, him yelling at the players, all of that. And then just not making adjustments, you know. Michigan State plays the same style of game every game. And it just it blows my mind that we don't change it if it doesn't work. I felt like we had no defense, like we didn't make any defensive adjustments. We didn't adjust our inside game at all. We kept trying to get Aaron Henry inside when it clearly wasn't there. Like UCLA knew what we were trying to do, and we weren't adapting to it. We just weren't doing anything to adapt to UCLA, and UCLA was doing everything to adapt to us. So, I mean, and then another reason why we lost is obviously the talent gap. Like, I think that, again, I'm not going to judge any 
I'm not going to come at any kid or any young man for playing basketball on my favorite team and not, not succeeding in one situation for me. Cause here's the deal. If you were a kid in high school, if you were a high school kid and you got a scholarship from Michigan state, you would take it. You would play. If, you, if there was no other school, but if Duke or anyone else wasn't talking to you and someone said, Hey, come play at Michigan state for free, you would take it. So it's not Thomas Kithier's fault. It's not rocket. It's not rocket Watts fault. It's not foster lawyers fault. You know, I think Foster Lawyer, Thomas Kithier, guys like that who are struggling, even I think Julius Marble down the road too. I think guys like that <clears throat> might need to look towards transferring. I think that, you know, the small ball thing for them isn't what isn't Big Ten, isn't they're not Big Ten built. Maybe Julius Marble can hang around for a little bit and like wait and come off the bench. But I think Thomas Kithier. I think Foster Lawyer and some other guys, I think it was nice. It was good. Appreciate you, but I think you should look towards playing somewhere else, you know? The talent was an issue, and our inside game was supposed to be favorited that game. That's what's crazy to me. Our, our um, inside game was supposed to be our hot zone, our hot spot, our actual, like, crown jewel, and it wasn't. I never thought for one second our, our inside game would actually – live up to the hype that it had against that UCLA team that it was supposed to do. But we were supposed to at least con control the paint, and we never did that. So we went over why, you know, the whole reasons for UCLA, like the reasons why we lost to UCLA. But I think this goes further than just UCLA, you know. I think this goes to the whole year. And I think with Tom Izzo, this is what makes me kind of mad. And I can't really use it this year because – a lot of elite coaches weren't in March Madness. Coach K didn't make March Madness. Um, Kentucky didn't make March Madness. And so a lot of teams just weren't the same this year. And so that's fine. He gets a pass. And I think Izzo's not going to take too much knock for this like he should. But I think what happened yesterday, Izzo, you know, the year, what happened this year, kind of should be on Izzo. I mean – he had Rocket Watts playing point guard all season. That's just not his natural position. He's an off-guard guy. Like, I just think there was something wrong with the coaching. There was something wrong with communication all year, and it has to come on Izzo. I know he said he likes to be, you know, a player-led team. He lets the players lead, but these guys were too young to lead. I think A.J. Hoggard should have got more minutes from the beginning of the season. I think he should have been – getting, you know, vital minutes early in the year because he was a pure point guard. And I, I'm not, I know it's hard to see. I know Rocket Watts was supposed to like click eventually. I know everyone was expecting Rocket to click. And I, and I assume that, you know, Tom Izzo was too. But at the end of the day, you know, if it's not working, it's not working. And this kind of goes back to what I, my issue was with Rocky Lombardi in football. If it's not working, it's not working. You need to make a switch. Izzo didn't do that. Instead, he kept forcing this kid, this guy, this man, to play in this position that he's not naturally comfortable playing in. He's an off-ball guy, and he just forced him to play in positions he's not comfortable to play in, and it ruined his game. It made Rocket Watts uncomfortable, and it ruined his confidence. And I think sometimes Izzo is right. Most times Izzo is right. 90% of the time Izzo is dead on, spot on, right? He's a great coach. He's a guy that you would want to be your head coach most times of the year. But those little times he's not, I just feel like he does obvious things and doesn't fix it. <clears throat> and he doesn't take enough. He doesn't 
take enough accountability himself for it. And I think oftentimes with adults, these are what like younger people have the issue with. Like if there's adults listening, I'm a technically an adult. I'm 26, but I consider myself a younger adult. <laughs> no kids or nothing yet. But um, but older adults and older people, like a lot of people's issue with that with some people is when we're wrong, we don't admit it. You know, we don't say like, you know what, I was wrong for that. I shouldn't have done that. I should have done that better. I think that's the most vital part of being a coach or being, you know, a parent, any kind of like leadership role to where you're helping guide people places to where they're taking notes off of the words you say, you know, I think there has to be a a big stamp on self-accountability. And I just think Tom Izzo has lacked it. You know, I think when you grab a kid's jersey like that, when you get in a kid's face like that and you're up 11 points, like it's not like we were losing or struggling or like getting a foot up our ass. We were winning the game. And you ripped into that kid on national television, grabbed his jersey, chased after him. I just think in that scenario, he was wrong. And I think this would all go away for Tom Izzo if he just kind of just stepped up and was just like, you know what? I was wrong for that. Like, I shouldn't have addressed that that, that young man like that. Like, I, I felt like he should have been here, but he was there, and I shouldn't address him like that. I think he should apologize to Gabe Brown. I think he should apologize, you know, to the team and to the fans. I really think Tom Mizzle owes us an apology for that because I think it was just it was a bad look, it was bad timing, and it was uncalled for. Coaching is coaching. I get hard coaching. I get if you're down 24 points, people are playing lazy, you have to coach hard and love hard. I, I totally get that. And for people who, you know, who are like, well, that's that's just the game. And I know what Izzo is gonna say too. You know, I make a lot of money. Oh, you know, you're not going to bully me. You know, this is how we do it. I know what he's going to do. I know what he's going to say. And I and I understand that. That's fine. But there's moments in time where you can say, I made a mistake and it affected the game. In that moment, Izzo should not have addressed Gabe Brown like that. He was wrong. You know, as an adult, I think it would be very beneficial to him to just come out and say that, you know, it was wrong for me to address him like that. And I should have, I kind of, I could have ruin the team's momentum and confidence yelling at guys like that when we were already in the lead. You know, simple as that. I'm not going to go on a whole like Bible man rant about it, but I just think in that situation, he was wrong to come at him because in the sake of it ruined momentum, not for it was bad. You can't yell at players. I just think it was, we were in the lead and it wasn't worth yelling at. And that's why Gabe got mad. Like, bro, you could, you could have talked to me about this in the locker room. That's just kind of what I feel about it. And that just goes back to the whole Izzo, this whole entire season with Tom Izzo. I just felt like Izzo was did good coaching, but maybe he was stressed. Like maybe he was, I don't know. I, I don't know what it was with Izzo, but something seemed off. Like maybe it was just me. But something just seemed really off with Izzo and in the, the, the squad. And like I was saying earlier, I think there'll be transfers. I think there should be transfers. But I also like to end on a good note. You know, I, I like to end on a good note. I don't like to end negatively, especially when we, it, there's po- there's very big positives for this Michigan State team. I'll say it. I'm a realist. I'm not going to beat around the bush. This team was bad. This team sucked. Look, bottom line to win March Madness, you have to have two things. To even have a chance to be a good team in March Madness or college basketball, you have to have a point guard that knows what he's doing and knows where the ball is going. And it doesn't mean he has to be an elite point guard. 
He has to know how to run an offense. All you need is an applicable point guard. And you need a good inside, and you need a consistent shooter. Go back and look at every national championship team recently. What do they have? A solid point guard, a really good shooter on the outside, and a very good inside. Bam, that's all you need. Michigan State didn't have one of them. Sorry, guys. Aaron Henry is not a great shooter. He's a good scorer. He's not a shooter. He's not a, He's not someone that can just strap up and kill you from the three-pointer. He has. He's a good scorer. He can get to the bucket if the game allows him to. But as you saw in the second half with UCLA, they weren't allowing him to. So when Aaron Henry couldn't play his game, where could we go? We had to hope that Josh Langford was feeling hot. He wasn't. So when Josh Langford wasn't making buckets and Aaron Henry wasn't making buckets, where else could we go? Well, you can't go in the paint because we have no good post scorers. Well, let's get it to our point guard. Hope he can set up an offense, maybe get us to the line, get us a foul shot. Well, our point guards don't know really how to run an offense. And most of our point guards aren't even confident enough to take it to the rim and do that. They just want to shoot, even though they can't shoot. So, you know, for me, I wasn't really shocked that this happened. I think it was a combination of coaching, confidence, and just a lot of guys knew that they won't be here next year. I think that was a thing, too. I think a lot of Michigan State fans were clamoring and talking about the future so much that guys were like, you know, why do I? I don't think it was a big factor in it, but I think it was definitely in some players' heads. The social media, the whole like, you suck, you suck. Like, why is he here? Blah, blah, blah. Players read that. Players see that. And I just think it got in their heads. I think some guys understand that they're not going to be here next year or they're not going to want be wanted here next year. And it kind of messed up their confidence. But I just want to say shout out to Michigan State. I think they played well this year for what they had. I was never, you know, banking on a, a deep run in March Madness. I just love seeing Michigan State play in any sport. You know, I'm a Spartan. We had a great year, though, guys. I mean, nothing to hold your head down on. Shout out to the guys on the team that played well. I know Michigan State fans are going to be lighting into you guys. But, you know, that's life. You know, it doesn't go that. It doesn't go up all the time. So hopefully Michigan State bounces back next year and looks a lot better. We have we're going to have a score next year. We're going to look we're going to look a lot better next season. You know, if that makes anyone feel better, we're going to look a lot better next year. Trust me on that. We're going to we're going to look a lot better next season. But now this moves us into football. Um, March 23rd, I believe, starts spring ball. So we are turning towards football season, my favorite time of the year. We get to talk about the pigskin, you know, what's going on at Michigan State. Um, so hopefully football, that's better than last year. Hopefully we get better in football for sure. But anyway, that wraps up this show for today. Um, again, you know, hopefully Michigan State bounces back in basketball. Um Next year, you know, hopefully we get better. But still, let's enjoy March Madness. You know, we didn't get March Madness last year. We it, Unfortunately, COVID took that from us. But let's just enjoy March Madness this year. You know, it, it's unfortunate what happened to Sparty. But we also kind of deserved it. Let's enjoy March Madness. And most importantly, enjoy the weekend. You know, have a blessed weekend. Again, set up your foundation. Attack goals. Have a great weekend and have a great week next week. Get stuff done. Get accomplished. Be confident in what you're chasing in. And last but not least, thank you guys so much for tuning into this. You guys motivate me. You guys keep it going. I appreciate you all so much. So thank you guys so much for being a part of this. And um, 
Have a great rest of your day. Have a great Friday, Saturday, Sunday, and every other day. See you guys. Go green.